Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer. Tune in fortnightly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes, and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. And here is your host, Jules White. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Human Conversation. So this week I'm going to do something a little bit different because I had a really great time. Um, I'm trying to think whether I class it as last week or the week before last now, but it was back at the end of June. I went to an event in Brighton, which was a very dear friend of mine's event called Helen Packham. She has been my coach in the past. So I know her really, really well. And I knew that it was really close to her heart to actually at some point put on a live event, which she did uh, at the end of last week. And it was absolutely amazing. Such a great, great event. It was quite intimate. There was probably 60 plus people there. And it was down in Brighton in a really lovely hotel uh, overlooking the sea. Lots of character, real boutique type hotel. So the whole environment was lovely. And there were a lot of amazing inspirational speakers that day. And I was incredibly honored to be one of those speakers. So I am actually going to be talking to Helen on my podcast next week. So I'm really excited. We're actually going to talk about all of the speakers, what they all brought and just the whole event. We're going to give you a summary of the whole event in our human conversation. So I'm really excited to do that for you. But in the meantime, I thought what I would do is I would publish on this podcast my talk. It gives you a chance to get to know me a little bit better, gives you a chance to know my story. And I thought, what better way to do it than to actually put the recording of that onto my podcast for you to all have a listen to. So I hope you love it. I hope it inspires you because that's what it's really about is the inspiration. And the whole theme of the day was the big breakthrough. That was the theme. So every talk that happened had that theme weaving through it. And it was amazing to see how every single one of those stories really did talk about a breakthrough as minded as you're here. And one of the other things about my story was it was uh, we had a title for each of our, our talks. And mine was that I am built from every mistake that I have made. And I think that was really poignant to the story, as you will see, because now I will ask you to sit back, get yourself a cuppa. Hopefully you've already got one um, and have a listen to my story. And I hope you enjoy it. And I look forward to speaking to you on the next episode of the Human Conversation next week. Thank you for listening, guys, and please enjoy the next 15 minutes. Okay, so while everybody is making their way back to their seats, I would like to introduce the next speaker to you. This is a lady who I met when I think it was some type of challenge I did in my group and it was a pitch it was a pitch and it was the most perfect pitch I'd ever heard and then I found out why because this lady is a sales genius and we started working together 
And it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And so, without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you the dragon slayer that is Jules White. There is no such word as can't. Now, the reason I know this is because my dad told me from when I was really small, all of my life, any time I would say that, that sentence that says, I can't do this, I can't go there, I can't say that, my dad would always say to me, there is no such word as can't. And my dad features in this story because he was just the most amazing influence on me. I loved him very, very much. He was very dear to me, but he was also my inspiration. From when I was a very small child, he ran a shop. So I watched him customer service. I watched him do sales. I watched him build relationships. So for me, that's where I completely fell in love with sales. And I also fell in love with the idea of being an entrepreneur because that's exactly what my dad was. So he started me on this journey of my story and he'll feature again as we go through. So now I want to bring you a little bit further forward on my journey and I want you to picture the scene. It's half past seven in the morning and I'm sitting at my computer in my dining room in my dressing gown. I know it wasn't pretty, but... I was there because I was running a business. My five-month-old baby was asleep, and I started my business when he was three months old, because I think that's kind of what you do, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's what I did. <laughs> and the reason I did it was because I was completely in love with my son. I loved being a mum. But I knew that I was an entrepreneur and I was very driven, so I knew that I would have to do something. I couldn't just be Sam's mum. I had to be Jules White. So I thought, what can I do? Well, years ago, little secret, I used to sell Ann Summers. Okay, it's out there now. And I was very good at it. And I loved it. And I was good at it, and I had a full-time job, and I did Anne Summers, and I earned, load, earned loads of money, and also recruited other women, and had a team of women who I also earned money from. So I completely understood the party plan model. So when I had Sam, and I thought, I want to be mum, but I want to work, I looked for a company that did party plan selling baby products. What a great idea. Couldn't find one, so I started one. So I started Truly Madly Baby, party plan company, and I was going to, what was that they said the other day when I was asked? Uh, world domination. So I went on to Mumsnet and Net Mums. I started to recruit mums to go out and do Truly Madly Baby parties. We didn't have Facebook in those days. It was old school. And I built up a, a little... Uh, group of ladies, I think I had six ladies, one up in Scotland, one in Cornwall, so we were going all over the UK, and I built up my Truly Madly Baby consultants. So back to my dressing gown moment at half past seven, I'm on my computer, and up pops an advert. We are looking for applicants for Dragon's Den Series 2. Oh, I watched that, that was really good. I really loved watching all those business people squirm in front of those very rich people. I'll apply. <laughs> and I did 
Because, do you know what? My business was amazing and it was wonderful and I wanted to tell everybody about it. So I applied and I didn't even think anything more of it. At nine o'clock that morning, my phone rang and it was the BBC. We love your business. Can you tell me more? Could you come down to BBC Television Centre? Can you pitch to camera? Two weeks later, I was stood on a cross, a bit like this, in front of five very rich dragons pitching Truly Madly Baby. What a day. It was a bit of a blur because obviously I, was, uh, I had a young baby and I, it was a moment of madness really. I'm not sure quite what happened. I do know that you saw 14 minutes of my pitch on Dragon's Den if you ever find the clip. Hopefully you won't. <laughs> but I was in front of the dragons for two and a half hours. So I really did pitch. And do you know what? I was really good. But the 14 minutes don't quite show how good I was. I just want to make sure that you're aware of that (laughs) in case you watch it. Anyway, that was the May of 2005. By September 2005, I finally got to speak to Peter Jones, who on the day, along with Theo Pafitis, were pitching to invest in my business. How amazing is that? Peter's people got in touch gave me this amazing contract, which was not amazing at all. And my solicitor said, please don't sign this. I haven't slept. I don't want you to sign and go ahead. So I didn't. Remember, this still hasn't been on the television, everybody. So nobody knows I've been on Dragon's Den and nobody knows I got investment from Peter Jones. So November comes, the series goes out, and that evening we had 2,500 emails drop into my inbox and even more the following days and the following days. And there were various things, but three people said we would like to invest, at which point I had turned down Peter Jones's money. So I took one on board, Lady on You, she was a financial director. Every salesperson needs a financial director, trust me. So I thought this is great, and she was also a mum. Took her on board and off we went. So the business just went mad as you can imagine, because we've been on the television. Year three, taking you a little bit further on my journey now. Year three, we turned over our first million pounds. (laughs) Thank you. We were also making profit on that turnover. I had 432 consultants across the UK, all doing truly madly baby parties. It was awesome. I also had inquiries from America, Australia, and Europe because people wanted to take the model out to a global audience. So I was really close to my world domination. But the unfortunate thing was that actually my business partner hadn't done some of the things that she could have done to help me. And we had no foundations in place. We had no stock systems. My dad was my picker and packer in my warehouse. We used to pick and pack together the stock, and my dad was my stock control. It was all up here. He was amazing. But we were turning over a million pounds. You can imagine the volumes coming through. And so we had no stock. We had not enough stock. We had not enough people, and we had no systems. This meant another level of investment, so we could really pull back to actually service the amount of business we had. And business partners stepped in and said, that's fine, you can have whatever you like, but I would like 75% of your business. I'm just going to have a drink. (laughs) It's not alcoholic, but I'm going to let you soak that one in for a minute. And you're probably thinking exactly what I was thinking. 
How can I give this person 75% of my business when they haven't really helped me? I've worked 19 hours a day, seven days a week with a small baby, and this is my passion. So I said no. And I promptly tried to find somebody who would buy her out in order for me to continue the business as it should have been continued. Unfortunately, I ran out of time. And so she closed me down. She put me into administration, and she bought the business, and she started to run it the following day as a Dragon's Den winner. And I lost everything. So I had to go bankrupt. Um, I then found out I was pregnant, which was kind of, you know, that light at the end of the tunnel, really. I'd already got Sam, and, and that was what I suppose I thought I was always going to do, was to have another baby. But very soon after, I had a miscarriage. And then we found out my mum had got breast cancer. And so all of these things were starting to kind of pile up, you know. And in 2009, my husband left me. So I kind of stopped. I was 40 years old. I was a single mum. I was bankrupt. And I started to think to myself, hmm, what am I going to do next? So I had to make sure. And, you know, we've heard this all day from the amazing talks that have been done today. And I, I resonated with so much from those talks. I had a priority. My priority was Sam, my son. And I had to go back out and get a job. And so I did. And what had I always done all my life? I had done sales. So I went back out on the road and I became a salesperson, a rep, out there again. My pride was absolutely devastating. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh. My pride was absolutely dented. But I got out there and I, I worked really, really hard. From being a salesperson who smashed their targets the first year, I was then promoted and I was made a head of sales. And from there on in, I turned a sales team round from a two million loss to a massive hit and I became a sales director. Now, you know, the thing about this is I would never have been able to do all of these things if I hadn't actually had to go back to work. So it wasn't about having to go back to work. It was about all the things I then achieved and all the new things I then learned about sales is kind of why I can do what I do today. But unfortunately, on my journey, um, my marriage had failed. In 2012, I lost my mum, and I was so intent on looking after my dad, who was completely heartbroken, that I didn't really grieve. And somebody today mentioned a point where you almost collapse and sob. I can't remember which talk it was, but there was one... Whose talk was that? Katie's. I really resonated with that. Six months after my mum had died, I hadn't even cried. And I collapsed in the shower and completely sobbed so that I had absolutely nothing left. And so I understood all of the things that the people have said today. And I carried on. And then in 2015, my dad was told he had leukaemia. My beautiful dad. And within three months, I'd lost him too. So where's my big breakthrough? Where's my turning point in all of this absolute crap? My dad passing away was one of the most amazing things in so many ways that happened because when my mum was ill and she was dying, she would not talk to me about the fact she was ill. She would never, ever talk about the fact that she was going to die and she was in denial. That was really hard for me. We talked about everything and I wanted to talk to her. My dad was in the hospice, and for four weeks, we talked about nothing else. What happens when you're gone? What do I do next? How will I survive? 
And I truly didn't believe I would. But my breakthrough moment was this. My dad always said to me, there's no such word as can't. And my dad said to me, when I'm gone, you will be okay. You will do these things. You will buy a house. You will have a holiday. And you will be okay. And you know what I also learned? We can't live in our past. We can't look back and regret. I am built from every mistake that I made. And I'm very proud about that. And I couldn't do what I do today if I hadn't traveled that amazing journey of crap and joy and crap and joy. Because that taught me so, so much. So I don't live in the past and I don't regret. I don't even live in the future. I know what my aspirations are, and I look to the future, but I don't live there because I have no idea what might happen next. But what I do do is I live in the now. And the now for me is this, here with you guys, and being so honored to be able to talk and tell my story at Helen's amazing event. And I'm sorry I'm a bit emotional, but I think it's just the whole day and I, this is it. This is the now. This is what we know to be true. And I have loved today. And I thank you so much for all the other talks. And I want to leave you with the last thing. My client made me this cushion. And it is the most precious gift I have ever, ever been given. And she took my own pictures from Facebook. And in the middle of it, she put, there is no such word as can't. You've just been listening to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White. If you enjoyed the show, please let her know on our Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash Compassio Coaching.